0: As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazette. Each episode, we'll sit down and engage in life-giving
1: conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. And now, your host, Randy Bazette.
0: I'm glad you've decided to check out the Relational Leader Podcast, whether you're a lead pastor or just a volunteer leader or staff person in your church. We all go through so many things in ministry, and we have to make so many decisions and deal with so many things that a lot of times we're unsure of what to do. So I wanted to have a place where we could sit together and have conversations about real topics, real things that we're dealing with, and could glean and grow and get some wisdom from those things. And I think if we do that, then we can all be better if we're learning through this together. So that's the heart of this podcast. I pray that you learn something today, that you grow and you become better in who you are as a person and as a leader. And I pray today that this podcast blesses you.
2: Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. We're so glad that you're here, wherever you're joining us in from. Uh, It's going to be a great conversation. My name is Kristen, and as always, I am with Pastor Randy Bezet. How you doing, Randy? What's
0: up, Kristen? Uh, Hey, listeners. I'm, I'm doing great, you know, living this life these days in the middle of this whole pandemic.
2: I know. We're still in... Covid.
0: I know it. You know it, it. Almost is becoming a dirty word. You talk about <laughs> it so much. I just am tired of talking about it. But it is the reality of our life. It is. And uh, so I'm. I'm glad, even in the midst of this, that there ends up being some sense of normalcy. Talking about church life and helping yes. pastors. And so uh, I'm excited today, especially about the topic. Man, these. This is one of those things that has uh, forever changed my life and i can't wait to talk about it
2: yes it's gonna be a great conversation today and and you're right it's gonna be it's, it's outside of the covid pandemic that we're in right now but yet it's inside because well it's,
0: you have to do these things we're going to talk about today whether you're in a pandemic or just leaving or leading from a normal life uh as as a pastor so mm-hmm. this is true no matter what so you can't get away from this and that's you know this whole idea of raising funds and pastoring people well and,
2: it's it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be so good. I can't wait. It's gonna be good. So for those of you joining us, we have a really great topic today. As Pastor Randy started to set up, um, really around the idea of of pastoring kingdom builders uh, within the church. And so I think this is going to be a great conversation. It's going to help a lot of you. And uh, we're not doing this alone, uh, Pastor Randy. We are joined by uh, Pastor Lee Domain, and I know that he's a great friend of yours and has been a huge friend to Bayside. So we're so glad to have you, Pastor Lee.
1: Yeah, so excited. Thank you so much, Kristen and Pastor Randy and the Bayside family. Just love what you guys are doing and uh, just what Relate is all about. You know, the body of Christ moves at the speed of relationship. And, uh, you know, what God's doing right now in this hour with his church is is really, really neat to see the body of Christ coming together. Pastors and business people uh, really not competing, but completing each other.
0: Ooh, I like the way you said that, and uh, we're completing each other. We need each other so bad. So let me tell our listeners who you are. Uh, first of all, you're a great friend uh, to me and my family, you and Laura and your family. We've known each other uh, since way back in the mid-'90s. And been involved at church back in Bat- Baton Rouge, <laughs> home of the greatest football team ever in the history of college football. Yeah. What's up? Go Tigers. Go Go, Go Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. And Coach O's vernacular, a voice there. <laughs> anyway, so we do. We have a long, long history of relationship. I'm so honored that you're on here today. You have not not just a friend, just we like hanging out, whether we skiing or just doing life together. But, but really, you've been a big help and a blessing to me in this idea of what you said, completing each other between the business leaders and ministry leaders as well. So what makes you the expert? Well, let me let our listeners know who you are so they can, they can appreciate you the way that I do. First of all, you are extremely successful in business. Uh, God has done so much in your life and really in the automobile business uh, the, all the things that, that companies are providing is very commonplace now with these extended warranties and all of those kinds of things really was birthed out of a company way back that you started. In, for, in fact, through all of that, Cars.com, Trader, uh, all of those things use the technology that you came up with years ago. And so y- you you know business and you know how to get things done. So you're obviously very successful in in all of that, but not just that. But you are a man of God who sees business and ministry as all in the same. You don't separate those, and you've learned how to do those things very well. And actually, helping coach pastors and involved in your own church, you're you're part of the Highlands team and just helping other pastors like myself formulate the ideas with this. Of course, you wrote an incredible book called uh, Pearls of the King. It's the whole idea of kings and priests, right, Lee? You have yep. pastors and business leaders completing each other, as you said. Uh, so that that is an incredible book that we've given to our high-capacity givers and for people to understand that as well. And uh, I'm just so thankful for all the wisdom you've given to me. I could I could go on for about <laughs> 10 more minutes on <laughs> on your bio and why you are so qualified to talk here. At some point in time, we'll talk about your family meeting plan, which is, is uh, something else that all pastors and people in general are going to want to know about. So I'm going to tease that right there. We'll talk about it later. Bottom line is, I love you as a friend. I love you as a, a person that's helped me in my ministry. And so thank you so much, man, for being a part of this.
1: No, it's my honor. And what I love about you, Randy, is the is yes, you're a great pastor, a great leader is. But the way you love Amy and the way that you've led your kids and uh, is just an incredible legacy, an incredible example of not perfection, but intentionality to leave just a, a great legacy. So, you know, we we laugh, we cut up, we eat good, we have a great time together every time we are, we're we're in the same room. So it's just an honor to be with this group today.
0: Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. We do eat well, although I haven't <laughs> had crawfish this year. And uh, I'm, I'm a wee bit you, you disappointed. Know what I'm, you
2: know what I'm doing tomorrow?
0: Oh, shush. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. You're having a crawfish boil tomorrow?
2: I'm, we're, we're going to Jacksonville, and so... Uh, they flew some in, and we're going to have a little crawfish. I think we boil. need to end
0: this podcast because I'm, like, deeply depressed right oh, now. I know.
2: <laughs> I'm, Occasionally, I'm, without I'm crawfish.
0: excited right now. <laughs> I'm happy for you, Kristen. Oh, can you see it? Yeah, if you I listeners could see my I face, you would just see how elated <laughs> I am for her right now.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Well, Pastor Lee, we are so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for um, just giving some time to us and to our listeners we're really glad to have you. I I wanted to start the conversation because, you know, one of your ministries is, uh, it's really, it's this Kingdom Builders ministry. And um, I wanted to ask if you would kind of start by sharing your heart and how that was birthed and kind of really what that is, because that's going to set up our conversation that I really believe is going to help a lot of pastors and ministry leaders that are listening today.
1: Yeah, no, I'd love to. You know, I've been in business the business world for over 30 years and had built several different businesses. Actually, the first business I had um, ended up failing, but it was the best teacher of any business that I've ever had. But <laughs> Isn't that I've the way failure is, Lee? Right? <laughs> yeah, you usually yeah. learn a lot was,
0: more from your failures than successes.
1: It, it, it really is, if you'll allow it, to refine you rather than define you.
0: Ooh, That's good. Dropping bombs.
1: And so we, we basically I kind of looked at this and saying you know what, I can allow this. This and it was in my 20s and, I, and it was highly successful very quickly, but didn't really have the, I guess, really the expertise to sustain it. Because what you start something is not how it what it takes to sustain it. And so but it was a great journey. God taught me tremendous uh, lessons through it if I allowed it to refine me. And so I would sit in church. I love Jesus. Love the local church. I love pastors, love missions, love ministry, outreach. But I always lived in two different worlds. I had my work world, and then I had my church world. And the two were not alike. They may be somewhat aligned, but they really, I didn't understand that really what I did in the marketplace could be a holy calling it could be really a calling like a senior pastor planning a church it's where you just are all in and you know your lane to run in and so i would sit in a church and i was checking boxes off i i'm I'm here i'm in a small group check i tithe check um my kids i'm getting my kids in church check i go on an occasional missions trip check but i'll tell you this i was still empty inside i had some levels of fulfillment as a believer but I always knew there was more. And so basically I tried to understand, like, what is this deal between marketplace and the church? Well, it wasn't until I discovered really what my purpose, my kingdom purpose is, not just a purpose, but what did God create me to do? Colossians 1.16 says we're created by God for God. So what's the what for? Well, it wasn't until I started seeing my business as really – a mechanism of creating influence and resources to not only fund the vision of my local church, but I had the ability to accelerate it. You know, the spiritual gifts that are all listed in scripture, there's about 27 of them. Those spiritual gifts, 26 of them all support the vision of the gospel, the mission of the church. There's only one that has the ability to accelerate it. And that's the gift of giving, the gift of generosity and so people who are in the marketplace most christians 67 percent of all christians in business give more outside their church than to their church and i don't think it's a issue of a i think they don't understand that god has created pastors to set vision and business people to set pace and the two are to work hand in hand. So Kingdom Builders was really something birthed that really helps business leaders connect to Kingdom Purpose to help come alongside a pastor and put speed to the vision to reach people for Jesus.
0: That's that's huge. That's that's great. It's revelatory. God did a work in your life. Now, can I I'm gonna speak for a second from the pastor's perspective because all of us have people like that in our church, and these people that can accelerate the vision there there's not a financial station that they have to be in in order to do that. In other words, it's not like, well, I don't have people wealthy enough to do that. You, you most certainly do. All of us have people that just that are defined by what Lee just said. It, it isn't a dollar amount that puts them there. It's just the fact that they have the ability to financially get behind the vision more than others. So don't don't put Absolutely. a dollar amount. Pastors, do yeah. not think that you're disqualified from this conversation because of how big your church is or how wealthy you think the people are in the church. So gotta have a revelation of that. This message is for you, what Lee just said, and you have people in your church just like that. Now, coming from the, the other side of the spectrum, Lee, as the pastor, we have to take responsibility for pastoring them. Man, I could I could talk about this for a long time, but I don't want today to be an understanding of, wow, here's how I can go now raise funds for the church. If this is, by the way, if you look at today as a way to raise money for the church, then I don't want you to use any of these things. At least don't use my name because I am not interested in giving you a campaign program. What I want to do is to help you with the revelation of Lee just said to pastor the people in your church around the idea of generosity. And when you get that, you'll realize that I need to pastor them. It's not to raise money and you can't delegate that to anyone else. Pastors, you that's have so to good. take the lead on this thing. That's
2: that's so good. You know, and I loved what uh, Pastor Lee, you were sharing too, and 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 just kind of the understanding of the, the the those generous people with that gift of generosity sitting in the church. So let's combine those two thoughts and maybe share from both perspectives. You know, you shared a little bit of your journey and how this ministry was birthed from, and so perhaps you can kind of share some some points of what do the business leaders, business people that might be sitting in the church, how can Pastors best pastor them. And Pastor Randy, what's some experiences that you have? You, I mean, you've really lived this out. And I know that Pastor Lee's Kingdom Builder Ministry has been a huge asset and help to Bayside. But let's just spend some time on the pastoring side. How do we pastor, serve, and love this group of people who have been given a gift of generosity? How do we pastor them up? Well?
0: You have to do it with the idea, the understanding of I have people in my church that are unfulfilled. So you need a growth track and you need things to get people to understand what their gifts and all are to, to put that into the church and using that in the church. There are people, as Lee said, that have the gift of generosity. Now, everybody should be generous. Everybody should share the gospel. But some people have the gift of evangelism. Somebody has the gift of being generous, funding the vision or accelerating the vision. We all should be generous. But the point yeah. is, you need to begin to identify who those people are. If if I'm at church and I can hear somebody singing, I know that they, they can do that. They need to be on the worship team. If I see people that are giving extraordinarily above what other people's capacity is to give, I should recognize as the pastor. It is my job to steward that gift. If you don't steward that gift, then you are, uh, you're actually being a bad steward, should I say, of the gift that god has sent you which is somebody who can help you fund the vision so identify who those people are they may self-identify by going through your growth track or they may self-identify by the fact that the, the finances that they give in your church so with that in mind you have to start building relationship with them so that you can find out who they are what's going on in their life and as you pastor them i think it's john maxwell that said people buy into the person before they buy into the vision so pastor them, get to know them, and, and that's the beginning, at least the mindset for accelerating the vision.
1: Yeah, I think you, <clears throat> you want to, uh, I totally agree with, with what Randy's saying, and I think it's so important that don't make this about what you're going to get from them. Don't it's Don't good. make this about what they can give to you. Make it about you helping them fulfill what God's created them to do. So when it becomes about just money or your need to fund a project, that's more of a transaction. You as a pastor, and I'd encourage every single pastor, and Kingdom Builders is not based upon the size of your church, the balance sheet size of your people. That's good. It's being simply faithful to what's in your hand. So if someone makes $50,000 a year and gives $7,000, that's 2000 over their tithe. That's someone who's being extremely generous. Yes. And so don't get caught up on the dollar amount. You you know, as you you have a worship team, you have an outreach team, you have all these different teams in your church. But most churches don't have a team for the very people that set the pace of the vision of their church. And so cultivate that team. And I'd encourage you, pastor, every pastor who's listening, you help your business people become rich where they're poor.
2: Hmm. What do you mean by that?
1: You, everyone has issues that they're dealing with. So I may seem like I have it all together, but pastors hold the key. This is super important. Pastors hold the key that unlocks the door of destiny for their business people. Because if you're a Christian business person, my destiny's tied to my pastor and his destiny's tied to me because God's brought us both to come together to work together. Because one is the flip side of the other equation. And so I may have issues in relationship with my marriage. I may have issues in relationship with my kids. I may have health issues. There's something that I am dealing with. And I'll say it this way. Most business people, when they build their business, it costs them in some area. Because they Mm. were driven, not led. Oh, wow. The enemy drives, the Holy Spirit leads. And when you're led, there's there's the the just the spirit of God on it and you don't have the collateral damage versus being driven.
2: And That's when so you're good. driven,
1: someone has to lose.
2: Wow.
1: When you're driven, someone has to lose and there's always collateral damage when you're driven. And so as a pastor, we can help them. For example, and I know Randy's done this. Randy has led trips. He's poured into His business people, and he's helped them connect to certain areas of their gifting. Well, they can't do that on their own. So he's helping them by what Pastor Randy was just saying. Pastors, pastor these people. They need a pastor. So you help them become rich where they're poor by pastoring them. So you have to set the table for them to connect to their purpose and pour into them that you really love them and value them. Their greatest fear is being taken advantage of.
0: Yes, and they sniffed that out. It you said something. I'm not trying to get something, you know, from them. I taught I called it uh campaigns, you know, like fundraising. I'm not trying to get something from them. I'm trying to do something for them. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that unless I'm in a relationship with them. And uh I, I would I know we're gonna get into this practically on, you know, ways that I've done that and ways that you would suggest as well from a business perspective how can pastors do that but it starts the launching pad pastors is just for you to go to the people that are successful in your church and that are generous and starting to pastor them build relationship with them and as you're doing something for them well they'll want to fund the vision they will accelerate it without you even asking that in and of itself so will be enough hmm. however you will leave money on the table if you will if you don't take it beyond just pastoring them and start connecting their generosity with their destiny
1: right absolutely you nailed it absolutely
2: that's that's so good and i want to jump into kind of something that you said pastor randy but before i did w- just to talk about some practical ways to really help uh, pastors and maybe even young pastors who are just starting out kind of begin to formulate this but before we do you know pastor lee you lead- alluded to kind of early on um you know failures and learning so much from from mistakes and um I- i'd love to talk for a minute just what are some of the biggest mistakes that maybe you see pastors make, maybe Pastor Randy, you 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 don't you're very authentic and honest when it comes to this kind of stuff, and I think that's what makes this podcast so people want yeah, to listen. They to. can
0: hear all the stupid stuff I've done. <laughs>
2: so, so, but, but don't laugh so hard, Lee. I mean,
0: I know you have a lot of context for this, but you don't have to I'm pile not there on. With you, brother
2: you know but that's just life we learn more from when we don't get it right than when we do get it right and and so let's start there um what are some when you look back and you think of times where man um i learned a really valuable lesson that maybe would help uh, another pastor in pasturing and and leading this these group of generous kingdom builders what would you what yeah. would you say what would you share
0: it really is what we're talking about right now and that is it's all about me taking the responsibility of leading the church through a journey to generosity and you know some people can accelerate the vision more than others but but everybody can be generous so for us what we decided to do is to start measuring the generosity i measure as a pastor i measure everything attendance and people yep. in growth track and kids and and we measure offerings, but we don't measure whether people are really being more generous now than they were last year. So I I really had a revelation of that because the income was growing, but just because our church was growing, but we weren't growing in generosity.
2: Yeah, you said you said a journey to generosity.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's like a journey to health spiritually, and and that's true for everyone. Journey health is not a a destination; it's a journey. Sure. Uh, generosity is not a destination. I mean, you can say all of a sudden now, okay, I am generous. And you, you are, however, we're not there yet. Mm. So everybody can continue to give more and more and more. So you have to measure generosity to see if your church is becoming more generous. Yeah. generous. So yeah. how do you do that? For me, we, we just simply do it. There's only two metrics I know of that you can use. Lee, you may have something else. One is total number of people Here's the offering. You divide that and here's how much people are giving every weekend per person, man, woman, child. Or you can take the adults, which are really the ones that are, you know, you know, giving the offerings, if you will. And you can take the adults versus the offering and you can divide it that way. And now you get a giving per adult head on an average weekend attendance. So uh, I measured that. Well, I started this whole journey of kingdom builders exactly 10 years ago, just a little over 10 years ago now. And uh, no, it was in, in 2010. So it was 10 years ago. And our generosity giving per person per week is, uh, it's it's nearly doubled wow. since we started doing that. And it's because I realized that I am the person that is responsible for this. And that's what I learned, that I had to measure it. And if I measure it, then I can begin to improve it and, and, and make strides.
2: But you improved it by pasturing people oh and loving people like
0: 100 percent.
2: that was the focus
0: yeah because if i were to try to do it well i'm going to get money from them rather than do something for them lee can business leaders they smell that out can't they
1: yeah they do they do and i mean you know experts will tell you and i love this i love this quote i wish it was mine but i've applied it to my life and businesses for years is you can't manage what you don't measure and so you've got to be able to measure the outcomes. And one thing I've seen at Bayside and, and other churches that are doing it well is the pastor is very intentional. He doesn't delegate kingdom builders. He champions it. Now, there's teams that can execute it and you know provide support, but you've got to have both. See, pastors speak one language. Business people speak another. And a business person is never going to tell you they don't understand. They're just going to kind of dissipate or they go quiet. And we think because they're still giving a little bit that they're fully committed, but yet they're giving 90 percent greater to all these other areas outside the church. Can you see? So what happens is if we communicate in a language that resonates with them, that's more metrics driven. That's more showing them the life on the other side of the check they wrote that's actually been changed. So it's not just giving to some broad stroke of like okay we're gonna we're gonna build a building and then we're gonna build eight more campuses well are you telling the wins of the campuses you have now in order wins justify more new vision if you're winning in what you have currently and you're telling the story in a way that resonates with them they're going to want to give more because they're going to want to see more wins that's a that's a that's a business person's mindset is what I call not only return on investment ROI but it's EROI it's an eternal return on investment and that's what the church is all about
0: Yeah as investors that's what they're doing in in every part of their business what's my ROI I'm exchanging yeah. my time or resources or money and I'm here's what I'm going to get so our job is to connect the eternal here here are the lives that have been impacted eternally Mm. with your investment with this campus or this initiative or this youth ministry that we funded or whatever it is and and when you start speaking like that lee that that resonates with their heart right and their and their
1: thinking and their trust level goes up because giving really is an exchange of trust Mm. it's an exchange of trust and so they're, your kingdom builders—they want to. They want to. They want pu- to do something great for God. And the older they get, the more they're legacy motivated rather than dynasty motivated. It's not about you know I've committed. I'm fifty. I'll be fifty-six in a couple of weeks. I'm focused less on a third generation of wealth and more on a third generation of faith.
0: That's brilliant. Mm. So um, uh, let me let me get to the side of this thing to some of the real practical stuff how do we even get to the place of having those conversations where mm-hmm. you can begin to find out what their passions are mm-hmm. and connecting them with the eroi and once again it happens in this bridge of trust and as they trust you more they they give more and and here's what i i do know for sure too is that when people give a check to the church and for the vision, kingdom builders, whatever it is that you're you're doing here, the first check you get is always a test.
1: That's so true. To say that, Randy, say that again. <laughs> okay. That is so true.
0: The first check you get is always a test, and it is never the biggest check.
1: That's right. And mm-hmm.
0: because they're, they're kind of testing the waters to see how you're going to do. How are you going to communicate back to them are you going to let them know how this is doing and what it's doing, and then they go, "Wow, this this person's giving me a stock report, if you will." I'm here's all the lives and here's what this is doing, and that's right. And and so yeah. all of a sudden they trust you more because you're building relationship with them, you're pasturing them, and number two, you're showing them, as you call it, Lee, the E R O I, and they're now they want to give more. So let me just kind of take this to, to school for just a moment and let me help pastors get about as practical as you can because when I hear podcasts or I go to conferences or whatever it might be, I, I read a blog, I need some like, okay, what do what do I go do now? All right, you sold me on this thing, help me. I, uh, so here's what I learned through all this. Uh, first of all, I had to identify, whether they self-identified uh, through a personality or giftings profile or whether they identified because of the amount of resources that they gave to the church. I chose to start meeting with those people individually. So I would just have my assistant, or, or I reached out to them at some times and say, hey, I just want to have coffee with you, get to know you. So I sat down with them, and I had a basic outline. First of all, I want to get to know you. Tell me about your family and who you are, where you've come from. I live in Florida, so no one is from here. Yeah. So, how did you end up here? I just it's just getting to know them, hearing their story and asking questions and finding out the real just getting to know them. That's that's how the you build trust. That's part of the bridge there, okay? I, not just getting to know them, their family and their business and those things, but tell me about your spiritual journey. Tell me how you came to the Lord and all of those things. So, that's kind of point number 1. Second thing, I kind of Turned the corner a little bit on them and i brought up the topic of generosity and i would thank them for their generosity say you guys are extremely generous to the church i just wanted to say thank you for that and i have a real question for you as your pastor because the bible says generosity and your heart they go together what is it about our church that is tapped into your heart that makes you want to be so generous that's okay. a
1: powerful
2: question. So you wow. helped them identify something within the church.
0: This goes back to Lee's destiny kind of a thing, because uh, legacy is kind of the term I like to use. <laughs> because at the end of the day, the reason why Lee felt so – and you, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Lee, so if this is not correct, then help me. It it wasn't the fact that he was successful in making a bunch of money, uh, and, and even tithing to the church – But it's that there are things at the end of the day when people are eating potato salad and they're talking about Lee after he's gone and other business leaders, what is the mark that you want to have left? Mm, And That's right. And so that you have to get to that point because what's happening is that your church is already connected to that or they wouldn't be generous. So when I ask them, what is it about this church that grabbed your heart of generosity and made it want to give – You just found out the million dollar, the hundred thousand dollar, the ten thousand dollar question, because now, you know, they're going to say things like, man, the way that we serve kids around here and I I, I had a terrible upbringing at church and, you know, the way we serve them or the homeless or the hurting or planting churches or whatever it is, all of a sudden now I know how to pastor them. Mm. That's right. In the future, they, they are all about church planning or they're all about mm-hmm. missions around the world, whatever it is. And so from now on until Jesus comes back, the conversations I have with them is going to be around their family and their life and how they're doing, how to pass them. But their E, ROI is mm-hmm. going to be around this particular thing. And so guess what all my conversations are? <laughs> it's about that. None of the other stuff we're doing as a church because that doesn't interest them. So... That's a great question, and then by the way, for the outline, just so you know, the third question always is, what are you and your family praying about right now so that I can keep praying for them and pastoring them ar- around this area? So to me, that's a launching place, and if you start doing that with your church, that's the beginning for uh, funding the vision by our growing the uh, generosity of your church.
2: That's it's great. That's so practical and so helpful. Pastor Lee, what I'd love for you to add, maybe just, yeah. you've got, I'm sure you've got a, just a different perspective, maybe some different thoughts to maybe add to that that could be helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some of the practical things that, that to pastors, I would say this, if, uh, if you're a church who is, let's say you're three, four years old or younger. I wouldn't focus on building a kingdom builder initiative yet. What I would do is I would get a group of about 10 to 12 of key business leaders and I would start a small group. And you as the pastor would lead that small group and start there because you you can't give what you don't have. And so these business people, they need to be pastored. And so what I would say to churches that are that are either starting out or a few years old. Don't worry about trying to build some big old kingdom builders initiative, spend money on a big dinner, trying you'll grow into that. First get your core group of people together, pour into them. That's you making them rich where they're poor. They're poor in relationship. And so you, as their pastor, every single business person needs a pastor. I'd say it this way too, every pastor needs a pastor. Yep. And so they need you. And so if you see that your destiny and their destinies tie tied to you, it gives you a different perspective. But I think you need to also set up a prayer team. And it could be one person or we have eight people that pray for our kingdom builder team every day. Why? is because what they do out in the marketplace is very important to the vision of our church. But, but it's also tough. It's very carnal. It's a tough environment. So I would if you, you know, one of the first steps in practical application of ministering to business people is that the same person maybe that's praying for you while you're on stage preaching, you need to have that same kind of person praying for your business people because they're the flip side of the equation of your church's vision moving forward.
0: Amen. Yeah. That is true. And so,
1: yeah, have that prayer covering. So I'm just giving you real practical things. So, so good. and you're saying, well, Lee, we're a church of 200 people. We're not Highlands, or we're not Bayside. You have a worship team, don't you? Yeah, I do. You got outreach team, don't you? Yeah, we have. It's only two people. I don't care if your your team begins with ten people. You start there. Highlands started, and and I'll share to give you some encouragement. Highlands started, and in an interest meeting, and three thousand people showed up. The next time they had it, five hundred people showed up. The next time they had it, two hundred people showed up. It was a Gideon moment as it was going backwards but then it started with 200 people and so that was and that was the win because you had the right people in the room and so make sure that as you set the table this is super important pastor as you set the table that's your job don't worry who comes for an appetizer who comes for entree who comes for dessert or who comes just for coffee or who wants the whole experience Your job is to set the table so that you can minister to business people, helping them connect to their kingdom purpose and getting into a lane that they've never run in before. But it's the lane that has their purpose, their passion and their provision.
2: That's, that's so good. I, you know, I love that really both you, Pastor Lee and Pastor Randy, are saying the same thing, mm-hmm. that it, it all comes down to pasturing these people well and praying for them well and being invested and involved in their life, not for what they can do for you or the church, but for what you can do for them and what you yeah. want to see God do in their life. And, and that at its core, um, that, that being the focus, is 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 the real deal
0: 100 percent and so not only is that the focus but now you have all these practical steps you've heard it from a pastor's perspective you've heard it from a business leader's perspective you got all kind of like just so tools good. to just go begin to implement and that's where it all started for us that's how i started yeah. what we now call kingdom builders when i did the lunch meetings with them it, i didn't have any name for it i just was gonna start pastoring them and you can put all these things into to practice right now. And it is through that the generosity of your church will begin to increase. And that's how you start the journey uh, to generosity. Man, yeah, don't, is,
1: and don't get stuck. If I could say this, Pastor Randy, don't get stuck on thinking, well, this is going to be just an elitist group. I don't want to create, um, you know, just a bunch of, this is just about rich people and whatever. It's not. Kingdom Builders is not about money. It's about helping people fulfill what God's created them to do. And why we get weird about when finances are involved is a mistake because it's required to put pace to the vision of the church. And so when Jesus says, when Jesus, he only mentions two ways to fish in the Bible. He says, Peter, cast a net on side the boat, and that was to catch the masses of fish. But then he says in another scripture, put a line in the water with a hook on it. And when that first fish you catch open up its mouth, take the coin out of its mouth and go pay our obligations, that fish had a different purpose than the masses. And it had to be fished differently. It was more intimate and direct. I think that's a kingdom builder type of fish because the purpose of that fish was to pay uh what they needed to pay for and so you manage like i've got five kids i love them all the same but i manage them all differently based upon their talents giftings and their calling
0: so so good so good thank you lee my yeah. lord
2: i know i'm just sitting here i just can you head. just keep going i want to wow. just
0: listen a little more <laughs> That's
2: good that's real good. Okay, well, I wanted I'll, before we wrap this conversation, I, you, Randy, alluded to something. I don't know what this is. This family plan, family meeting plan, um, that I, I'm excited to hear about. Uh, what is this?
0: Okay, Lee, can I just wet their appetite and then go ahead bro. If, if you, wanna, if <laughs> okay, you, my you want to?
2: If you want, right. If you want to add
0: anything to it, I, I know you don't like. You're not a self promotion kind of guy so uh but this needs to get out there all of your materials and and everything does by the way this will be on the randybezet.com website you'll be able to get this uh lee's any of his books uh the the pearls of the king uh you can get that as long as well as this uh family meeting guide okay let me tell you what that is so lee is very wealthy and very successful But he said something a while ago that he doesn't just want to to leave a third generation of money to his family, but a a legacy and a a spiritual legacy. So how do you do that? Well, you have to take as much of a concerted effort to invest that into your family, just like you have to work very hard to invest into them a financial legacy. So Lee, through his own journey— has created a family meeting guide where you begin to sit around and talk to your family about the legacy that they want to leave. What what do they want this family to be known for? Wow. What are the things that they see the family is known for now? And then it is through those things you create these lanes, if you will, or these pillars that you're going to leave your family legacy and you begin to talk about those things and then you begin to give money and resources to those things so that it's something that the family carries on it'll be around long after you are alive i know i know i know i'm all into it and and uh lee thank you for doing this this is good for business leaders pastors everybody should get the family meeting guide it's on my website you'll be able to get it right there lee thank you for providing that to the kingdom of god because that is super helpful and powerful
1: to well, We sat, you know, I sat there, sat there, you know, in business, we have offsite meetings and strategy sessions and we talk about vision and mission and what we value as a company. And it hit me between the eyes five years ago. I'm like, why don't we do that for family?
2: Hmm.
1: And so I said it was so funny. I sent out a full blown agenda with seven questions. <laughs> Lee's got PowerPoint <laughs> presentations. You sent this to your family? Yeah. Yeah, and I sent it to them, and we went off-site and met at a hotel. So I'm going to give you a picture. My 10-year-old daughter's sitting in a boardroom, oh and she's her head's barely above the desk, and she's got a packet with her name on it. It's got the agenda. It's got all the information. And and so we start unpacking Our why, why are you going to do a family meeting? You see, the world... If you don't set the values and the vision and the mission for your family, the world's going to dictate that. So don't just get to do it, but give them something better. You see, my kids know who they are. They're not perfect. They've made mistakes. But because where they're grounded and say we're the domains and this is what we believe in and this is our values. We have nine family values that we set, but it's important to say also you got to know why. You've got to know the why behind just setting values. You set principles. You talk about vision, and it's all collaborative. And the most important thing I would tell you in the family meeting guide is everyone needs to do it, but you need a roadmap. And this is simply the roadmap we've used over the past five years, and it's changed the trajectory of our family. There's an exercise in one of them called the affirmations exercise where you have to come prepared. With three character traits that you value about every single person in the room. And you've got to look at them and share that with them. That took three hours. One, because I got a big family. Two, because we used about six boxes of Kleenex. And I mean, it was God moved in it. And so we set these values and we actually even have them printed in big pictures. We've got all nine on our hallway. Because why? Do we always follow those? No, but they're the they're the cornerstone to keep us on track for transparency, for joy, for faith, for generosity, and uh, and you know all the different values. But the the family meeting guide was just a guide that we took what we had been doing, and we created the roadmap so people can take the journey. So it doesn't matter if you're a single mom, if you are a blended family, uh, if your kids are older or younger, you can take that journey now.
0: Ali, on behalf back, of, w- sorry, go ahead. Oh, watch
1: this. Why? Watch, watch this, Randy. Look, a hundred years from now.
0: You think I'll be able to see in a hundred years from now? <laughs>
1: Brother, uh, you're gonna be. I, I know. the way, as good as you take care of yourself and as healthy as you are, I, I wouldn't doubt it. But, but watch this. It's so. It's it's wild. This is what hit me as the biggest point about family meeting. God, a hundred years from now. See, I store all of my family meetings in the cloud. There's gonna be a hundred years of family meetings that my great, great, great grandkids are gonna be able to see this is who we are, this is where we've come from, this is the journey and this is what we value. You wanna talk about legacy? I even put pictures and we put videos and we put you know the history of our family. We take minutes at these meetings like a board meeting and then we post those minutes inside the folder and we share it with everyone so that everyone has access to that and then as they get older, they'll do their own family meanings, hence generational legacy.
2: Wow.
0: Lee, on behalf of all the pastors listening, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for providing this roadmap. Brilliant. Uh, You bet.
2: Yeah, uh, this is amazing. This conversation has been so wonderful. And uh, Pastor Lee, we are just so grateful that you would give of your time and share what God has done in your life and the ministry that He has birthed out of you and the vision He's given you. And Pastor Randy, as always, thank you for pastoring us well and um, helping us on this journey to generosity.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. I love taking all the bumps and bruises and mistakes and and the things I'm still learning. Not there yet. Yeah, that's so good. I haven't even done used the family meeting guide yet. I've, I've just this is just a new resource from Lee and I've just gotten it and Amy and I are starting already the conversations and planning that so my point just is I love sharing all my stupid things and the stupid things I'm (laughs) still we
2: love to laugh at all and there's a lot
0: to laugh at so thank you guys for joining this conversation to have something else to laugh at oh
2: goodness but as a reminder for all of you listening uh everything that we discussed today it is going to be all the resources from pastor lee are going to be linked on randybz.com and so you can go there and check those out um as soon as this airs
0: thanks lee love you my friend
1: thank you love you guys a ton
2: thank you so much uh listeners we will see you for the next episode of the relational leader podcast hope y'all have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybizette.com.